like a half hour since we started this this call. Yep. <laughs> oh, so if you're just now listening, hi, hi. hello. Well, actually, yeah, you are going to just now be <laughs> listening because I, yeah, not a single thing has been recorded up to this point. But hi, I'm Brad. That's Blue. We're being the anime. We're <laughs> we got the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> and as to why we're giggling y'all will find out at some point in the future at some point. <laughs> oh it's uh, gonna be way in the future but it'll be in the future don't you worry yeah <laughs> is it still bleeding i just took the band-aid off my finger and it's like it's properly filleted i did a good job i'm not sure whether to be proud or disappointed i mean i was so okay so i have to tell the story again because i told it to you already but like you guys are home don't know um i was cleaning the espresso maker the espresso grinder today don't worry it's not that kind of injury i turned the grinder off okay um (laughs) (laughs) that's my biggest fear with cleaning those grinders but i was trying to clean the hopper but there's like a flat metal lid thing and there's a groove in the lid i was going on a tangent about it earlier with brad because like it's a big enough groove to where the the beans can go in, but not big enough to where, like, you can get a finger in to clean them out or, like, a cloth in or something. So it's ridiculous. Like, why? That's a huge flaw. Like, come on. So anyway, I was trying to get my finger in there and shoved a cloth down the groove. And as I, like, slid my finger along the metal groove, I, like, sliced my finger, um, which was fun. So I had a day of, luckily, the grinder was empty. The hopper was empty because I was cleaning it. Um, otherwise, all of those beans would have had to have been yeeted. Um, <laughs> just go stand outside the shop, just throwing beans at people. <laughs> this was my idea for Pride. I was like, we have so many espresso beans that um, uh, like expire because like our company roasts their own beans at head office, right? And every now and again, we'll get like a shipment of beans in that we didn't order because they're like, try and sell them because they're going to expire in a week, you know? Um, and because uh, like we have a thing of like our beans are only roasted two weeks ahead of time and that's why they're more expensive or whatever you know um and so we get these like big shipments of beans every now and again and i'm like why didn't they just save up all of the beans for the month of june and then dip them all in eco-friendly paint and then go on a pride parade float and just yeet beans like <laughs> I'm like, have have some biodegradable paint on your biodegradable beans. Then you get confetti that doesn't ruin the environment. We love that. Everyone loves coffee beans. The place smells like coffee. It's great. Yeah, and you can use it to pelt the Amazon float. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> I'm like, Amazon, of all things in the Pride Parade? Uh, it, was, oh. it was so funny. I've never seen a group of people go from like, yeah, yeah to like as quick Wait, as that i was gonna say hang on i got something for this give me a moment and yeah uh-huh <laughs> and because i'm impulsive i yelled at them we don't not like you we don't like your boss 
because like I felt really bad because these were just these are just Amazon workers. These are just normal people that like have a nine to five or like not even a nine to five because they drive a delivery truck. Like these are just like normal people. And I'm like, <laughs> they're just trying to enjoy the parade like anybody else. But I'm also like, you work for Amazon. It's not you. Like you're normal people with a job. We don't give a shit about you like in that sense. Like you're fine. But your company should not be here. <laughs> It's not you. It's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not you. It's Jeff Bezos. Oh, good old Jeffrey Bezos. Oh, Jeffy boy. Oh, Jeffy boy. <laughs> what song is that? Why did you sing it like that? I, I don't know. Is that a Christmas carol? No. I don't think I was going for a Christmas carol. <laughs> oh god what now which uh, now i'm trying to think of which fucking christmas carol you were just going off on hang on was it silent night the stars are brightly shining and something something and jesus was born whichever one yeah I, I think it's i think it's silent night but is i'm it? not certain i think maybe hang on uh uh-huh, you're got, a religious one <laughs> Well, I'm, that's what I was going to say. I've got Christmas music on my phone somewhere. Just give me a moment. Uh, there's not, like, Yule music isn't, like, put on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> also, who uses Spotify? People who don't have Apple Apple, phone, Apple phones. People who don't have <laughs> Apple phones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, look, okay, I've had an iPhone for an incredibly long time. And I started using Spotify even whenever I got my iPhone. But then I was like, you know what? Apple Music's just so much better because it integrates everything. Yeah. I had iTunes back in the day. Oh, you uh, you an iPod person? I had an iPod Nano. But that I also had the iPod. Is it the shuffle with the, circu- the circular dial thing that you would like? Whichever the big one was with the screen before they were like, they had screens, you know? Like, I had that one. I was cool. The one with the dial with the screen. Oh, so you had, like, the... You had the Chunky Boy. I had the Chunky Boy. It had storage. I tell you. It had, like, 64 gigs. That was a lot back in the day, too. Uh Uh-huh. It was... I I know. I was the envy of all of my friends in high school. I had a 64 gig iPod, whichever the one it was. You had all of the music. I did. I got it off eBay for 50 bucks. Hey, there you go. Was it a slightly sketch deal? Yeah. Did it work out in the end? Yeah. Look, sometimes, okay, you might get something on eBay and you're like, hmm, this is probably a scam. And then you actually get scammed. But but other times it's like, hey, I got a really good deal and totally not scammed. That was that that time. I got a really good deal. Actually, touch wood. Where's wood? There's wood. No, that's not wood. That's wood. Um, I don't have to go very far for wood. Wait, what? I'm. Are you being? No, my desk is made of wood. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) don't make me ask questions. You're the one who went there. Hey, I haven't got one. Okay, so I just get curious sometimes. You know what they say about curiosity. It kills the cat, but you know what they say? Satisfaction brought it back. 
Sorry, I'm still half on buckets. <laughs> oh, the poor buckets. Uh, or that um, poor economy, anyway. Poor, poor economy. <laughs> oh, nobody's going to get that. No. Not yet, anyway. This is how you guys will get to know how far in advance we record shit. <laughs> Look, okay, we we had a plan, all right? It got derailed, but then literally, when does any of our plans ever not get it, derailed? Yeah, if, if it can go wrong for us and our business ventures, it definitely goes wrong. Yeah, like we were supposed to record this yesterday, but Toronto Power said, no thanks. Yeah, no. Toronto just decided to be like, nah, you guys don't need electricity. How long was your power out yesterday? Like, a couple hours? Because... I, because we were supposed to get together and record at five. I get a message from you at four thirty, being like, "Hey, so um, power's out." So I was like, "Oh, so Canada's not built to have good power, eh?" Yeah. And then no. that was it. Like I was in the middle of watching uh, WWE's Money in the Bank pay per view. Whenever you yeah. text me, so I'm like, "Cool, okay, I'll probably get almost finished with this pay per view whenever you get it back. get back to me." And then I ended up falling asleep. <laughs> Yeah. Towards the end of the pay-per-view and woke up at like 7.30 and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Blue's probably messaged me wondering where I'm at. And then I look and I was like, oh, yeah, her power's still probably out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It was like, it was one of those things where it was like, it would come back on for a second and I'd be like, oh, okay, we're good. And then I'd hear the fridge go, and I'd be like, oh, shit. (laughs) So, mate, all right, yesterday, I, which I'm kind of... Well, I can't say that I'm glad that we didn't record, but there was a point yesterday where I'm sure I would have been because we, it was storming yesterday whenever we were, uh, whenever we were supposed to be recording and like right at around six o'clock, the loudest thunderclap I have ever heard in my entire life went off like right above the house. It shook shit to the point where shit was falling off of my dressers. Oh, jeez. And like I said, at that point, I was just laying in bed watching the pay-per-view, so I wasn't thinking of much. Yeah. But then as soon as that went off and, like, how much it shook the house, I'm like, dear God. Like, if if we had been recording, like, I probably would have just destroyed my whole setup. I was going to say, your computer would be done. Yeah. But no, like... And the thing about it is, is I was in my bedroom at that time. And anytime I'm in my room, I just have all the lights off mm. just because I, I don't feel like dealing with bright light, especially if I'm staring at a screen. Mm. So I was like, I, I was just laying there. So that happened. And I was like, did that, did that kill the power? Because yeah. you would assume like that would have just <laughs> fried the fucking power, especially yeah. if it was storming that bad. But no, I turned around and looked, and the alarm clock on my nightstand was just chilling, still on. I was like, oh, that's surprising. What is it, surge protector? You got some good ones. Uh, No, no, that is not plugged into a surge protector. Nothing in my bedroom is plugged into a surge protector. Oh. Everything in my office is plugged into surge protectors. Oh. Because I have spent way too much money on this setup to not protect it all. Yep. Oh, too bad my PC's out of warranty now. I should probably get a new one soon. 
Yeah. Hey, we've been trying to reach you about your PC's extended warranty. <laughs> you know the amount of people that call a cafe and they're like, hey, would you just mind completing the survey and or your internet needs to be upgraded. I'm like, this is a cafe. Like, you think I know how to do this? Like, call head office. <laughs> we get calls all the time. At work, being like, hey, you've been pre-approved for like a $50,000 business loan. And I'm like, we are a multi-billion dollar Fortune 200 company. Yeah, We don't need your loan of $50,000. I need your loan of $50,000. Yeah. But this store does not. Right? Or it's like, um, uh, would you mind completing this? information thing about the local government we want to figure out how many people are in your household i'm like household dude uh about 25 right now <laughs> like give or take oh four just left okay like they're all dependents of me give me that tax write-off okay thanks <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i have a whole bunch of children and most of them are way older than me <laughs> it's okay stranger things have happened yeah <laughs> Can I have their college funds now, please? <laughs> Listen, the trust that's in all of their names, I need those. Yeah. Trust me with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, Buckets. Oshinoko? <laughs> yeah, we haven't even remotely talked about what we're going to be discussing today. However, we have already done an episode on this, at least on the first episode, because it an deserved it. Of an episode. Yes. Yeah, because the first Cause episode. It deserved it. <laughs> Look, that first episode is a phenomenal feature-length film that shattered my soul. Were you really going to start that with phenomenal? Because that was a long F. Yes. No. I wasn't. I was like, fucking good shit, my guy. <laughs> Look, I try to... <laughs> I try to expand my vocabulary more than just fuck, shit, damn, bitch. <laughs> I mean... It doesn't work. Know. You got wanker and piss pot and tosser and bollocks and there's more. Look, that is your upbringing. None of those <laughs> words have anything to do with me <laughs> and my typical yeah. everyday language. However, so. It's not a good bollocks. It's fun. <laughs> so yesterday, again, mm -hmm. going back to the whole watching Money in the Bank. So it was live from the O2 Arena in London. The amount of times I got to hear the crowd shout wanker was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, just hearing that shouted at people. And, like, it was the entire arena, like 20,000 people shouting it. I was like, ha oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's real funny. <laughs> Have you seen the We Want Our Dick Back sports, like, the football game clip? No. Okay. Just give me a second. <laughs> All right. I'm about to be enlightened, I suppose. <laughs> this is so irrelevant to everyone at home, but it's funny. It's all right. It's not about to be irrelevant to me. Is it just a common thing to 
take for for one inflatable dicks to football games. Like, I don't really think so. I was gonna say, is that a commonality? But also the amount of massive dildos that you see, like towards the front row of that clip. Like there's three different people with like giant floppy dicks that are just in there waving around in the air. Like, think, what the fuck? I think that was one group that thought it would be funny to bring them all. And then we just, when we find something that tickles, we'll share it with everyone. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And and everybody was definitely passing around the giant inflatable dick. <laughs> and because there's like certain tunes at football games that like you can swap out the words for really easy and everyone knows the tune. Uh huh. Um, and so that kind of thing happens all the time where you'll get like somebody just like screaming out and then everyone automatically, as soon as they figure out what they're saying, they know what to say. Makes sense. So then you end up with, we want our dicks back. (laughs) Oh, and that bald security man was just like, he was not having it. No. Oh. Yeah. Even like how he was like waving it at the crowd, like, no, uh, y'all ain't getting this dick back. You're not getting it back. You gotta tweet it. <laughs> yes. Go right on it. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna be so confused. Okay, okay, guys. Guys, if you're curious about the video that I that we've been talking about, it's on the Twitter. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just gonna put on the Twitter we want our dick back. I <laughs> know. Oh, I'm gonna take the video and caption it. We want a dick back. Perfect. We want a dick back. <laughs> Tweet. There you go. That's great. That's there our quote from this episode: "Is just we want our dick back." Well, we've already been talking about dicks. <laughs> I have a button for that. We've already been talking about dicks because <laughs> it happens so frequently. Oh, uh, it it is at this point not uncommon for this to derail to that at any point. Ugh, every time I hear derail, I keep thinking about that freaking Colleen Ballinger video. What? Do you know about this? No. Okay, I'm going to expose you to a whole world of the internet for a second. We'll get to Oshinoko, guys, but before <laughs> I do that, I have to talk about YouTube drama. It's not even drama at this point. It's like some of it's questionably legal. Oh. Um, so, did you ever hear of Miranda Sings, like the red lipstick wearing crazy lady character from like early 2010s on YouTube? Yes. Okay. So, the lady who plays her has just been cancelled on YouTube because of being super inappropriate to fans through DMs and also with like her young audience on her stage for her live shows and stuff like that. Like, it's a whole thing. Anyway. So the past few weeks has been like a load of exposing her for all of the bad stuff that she's done. And I'm like talking like, like she's been on the internet for 15 years and like the vast majority of that career, this has been going on behind the scenes. So like, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but the main um, young bloke who has been affected by it um, had pretty much just said, if you give me a public, a public or a private apology, Um, I'm just going to stop talking about this. Like, that's all I want. He's, like, 20 now, but throughout the vast majority of this, he was, like, 13 upwards, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, like, like, it's, like, a whole big thing. Anyway, she posts a response video 
that her playing the ukulele and singing a song about the toxic gossip train. What? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And uh, it has been my entire TikTok feed, my entire YouTube feed has just been, um, yeah, the toxic gossip train shit. It's insane. I am baffled, confused, yeah, some confuzzled. Of, like, befuzzled is accurate because it's some of the most serious YouTube allegations that have happened. But her response was a ukulele song non-apology. The fuck is wrong with people? I, I don't know. But anyway, that it's freaking catchy is the worst part. And so someone with an ADHD brain, when they watch it, it's stuck in my head. It's there. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So I've been going on TikTok and listening to the variations of it and being like, get one of the other variations of it stuck in my head because I do not want her song stuck in my head. That's been me with all the VBS songs this week. Yeah. I've been trying to cram as much J-pop into my brain to try to expunge that from my memories. Mm. Get rid of it. Are you looking it up? No, I am not. No. I thought you were going to send okay. it to me. <laughs> I can send it to you. Um, now, what you heard me typing earlier is me rechanging the title of this from Untitled Recording to Oshinoko. Okay. Because I just it's it's like ten minutes long, but you don't need to watch the whole thing. Because I can just um, update the do, title to. This is it. YouTube. Top comment. This is painfully millennial. <laughs> so many comments have been deleted because most of the comments are like, "What the fuck? What the fuck am I listening to?" Uh huh. Alrighty then. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Yep. Yep. Like, I just don't get it. I don't either. It's I, I narcissism, you know. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> the whole time I was listening to that, I was like, hmm. This sounds like gaslighting. Uh-huh. And, like, the thing about it is, is, like, there's, like, thousands of screenshots. Like, like it's it's almost, I mean, illogical, irrefutable at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, from the, and the fact that there's no, like, the the things that she says in the video that gets me the most is like, I'm just gonna respond with the facts, but presents not a single point. Yeah, like it's literally just like, hey, this is not what you should do. Yeah, like don't be toxic and gossip whenever you're not presenting like anything that shows like who is or is not in the wrong. It's just your building a false narrative with like no proof to back it up yeah and i'm like i'm like okay you want to present the facts like like what are they then can i see them like like yeah okay cool but yeah anyway so that has been my life on the internet for the past like week or so my life on the internet for the past week has been oshinoko I feel like my life on the internet for the past week or so is an anime. Like, that's an isekai somewhere. <laughs> it pro- Most likely, it is a light novel being adapted into an anime at some point, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like my life on the internet. No, no, it's going to be my life in the internet for a week or something. Probably. And and then it's just going to be an isekai, but it only takes place over a week. And then he gets yeeted back in the real world. And then uh, the second season is trying to get back into the isekai. <laughs> That's actually a freaking cool idea. Why do we never get isekais where they get yeeted back and then have to struggle to get back to the other one because they realize that they actually really like it there and want to go home? Have, and that's their home now. Have you never watched a reverse isekai before? Oh no, I have. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like, I want somebody to like go into a place and then come back, as opposed to just like go from a place to here. Oh no! Like there are reverse isekai like that. Then it's like, oh, I want to go back. Oh. I'm gonna have to expose you to some stuff while you're on like bed I've, rest over the I next. I feel like I've watched them. I just feel like I filtered them because I watch so much isekai content that like they all blend. They really do. Like outside of the select few that are actually very good. Yeah, isekai is just isekai. There's, there's got to be a gimmick somehow. And, like, I think that's why I remember... What is it? Wise Man's Grandchild, I remember. A, because it was our first episode. But B, because it had, like, a really solid, like, established romance to it. I think it was Wise Man's Grandchild that had that. I mean, it did kind of have that, like, you but know, that was somewhat like solid romance. Most of the time, it's just, like, hinted romance. But that one, I think it was that one. Or was it another one? Maybe I'm blending two together. See, this is a thing. Well, I mean, so it, it did have a, like, long-standing romance, even though it, you know, it had its harem elements, because of course it did, because it's a... Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's a... Uh, words are hard. Oh, well, it'll come back to me later. But Yeah. And then you've got... ReZero, which actually has like a fully established romance in its own yeah. right. It took a while to get there, but once it got there, it's there until yeah. you know it's you kiss and then you know you think you're pregnant, but that's an entirely that's an entirely different <laughs> situation <laughs> there. But I think yeah, that's what I, that's the difference with Wise Man's grandchild though, is that like I feel like it started within like episode one or two where they were like, No, I I am actually in love with you and they were like a couple like they were a thing throughout the season which is why i think it stands out mm -hmm. and then re-zero obviously stands out because it's so dark and just stressful um and then the only other one that like stands out would be um freaking oh i just had it in my brain and now it's gone Megamine and Konosuba. Um, yes, Konosuba. Thank you. Um, because it's dumb. It is I love dumb. That it, it's dumb. <laughs> we, we were actually talking about that in Discord. <laughs> Maybe it was last night. Whenever I was having that conversation about just how ridiculous shows like Konosuba and Mashal are, but they're also great because their humor is just so like perfectly grounded in a lot mm. of ways. Yeah. So it's great. It's all fun. Season like, three has officially three that... been announced, by the way. Yeah, I saw the thingy. Um, those are the three that stand out. Like, I do think of the slime one, like that time I got reincarnated as a slime or whatever. Like, I think about that. And I think about um, uh, Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer, is that the one? 
Well, I mean, so you've got Goblin Slayer, which I haven't seen, but I've heard about that first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why I remember it as well, because of I watched it and didn't, I would, I had it on in the background, so I didn't pay attention throughout the first episode, and afterwards saw the controversy around it, and I was like, that didn't happen, and then went back and rewatched it, and was like, oh, it did happen, I just was ADHDing. And so apparently the thing about it is, though, is like, once you get past that bit in the first episode, apparently the show's amazing. The seasons, yeah, it's it's actually pretty good, but like the first episode is just so like extra. Yeah, which I mean, it's one of those things to where like I know the controversy that surrounds it. I still feel like I should watch it just because of how hype everybody gets over it. I would be interested to hear your opinion because, like, I don't know. The thing about it is, is that okay? So for those who don't know about the controversy, it's like big trigger warning in the first episode and um and the the controversy around it was basically is that fucking necessary like like was that needed it wasn't needed to prove a point for the story or whatever you just included it to for like shock factor or whatever yeah um and like i i totally get that perspective but, like, this shit also happens, and we can't shy away from it in media. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. sometimes you have to make yourself uncomfortable to be aware of the fact that sometimes shit like that happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know if that's just a person, because, like, I watch crime documentaries and shit, and so, like, I'm constantly exposing myself to the worst side of humanity. And, like, people watch anime for escapism, so, like, it's not necessary. But, like, also, like, People carry pepper spray on them for a fucking reason. Like, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's there's two sides to it. And I, I don't... I would be interested to hear your argument. Because I, I do agree that you shouldn't, like, make it entertainment in a way. Like, that... Like, desensitizing. And, like, there's... It's just so complicated. And there's so many layers to the argument of, like, each side. That I get both sides of the of it. And, like... For it to just be like, but it's an isekai anime. Like, does it need to be include all of that shit? And that's really trigger heavy and all of that. But like, also, like, it is a conversation starter at the same in the same breath. You know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know. Complicated feelings. Complicated feelings over complicated subjects. Mm-hmm. That <clears throat> you haven't seen, so I don't really feel like. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things to where I can't, like, I know what happens, but I can't give an informed decision on yeah. it because I haven't, haven't seen it. Fuck off outside. I'm trying to be important. But yeah, I, I can't make an informed statement. So therefore I am going to withhold until I sit down and watch it eventually. Yeah. Maybe. I also haven't seen it in years, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong. So I'm going to preface it with that of like. I didn't really watch it the first time, and the second time I went to it specifically to, like, double-check that I hadn't fucked up with my own brain and didn't watch, like, the entire thing, so just, like, clipped through it. So I also haven't seen it properly all the way through, because that's triggering. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's, um... I will withhold comment until I eventually watch it, but I will watch it just so I can actually weigh in on the conversation at some point. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, don't watch it if you're triggered. Yeah, just general trigger warning to where if you 
you know, don't. Just don't. <laughs> and speaking of trigger warnings. Should we try this again? <laughs> oh, she don't go. Episode two onwards. Yeah. I mean, we can also give like a general bit of episode one, too, yeah. just because I feel like we got to talk about it again. Yeah. Because this show deserves to be talked about. The yes. show deserves the world. Aka Akasaka deserves the moon. Give them whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> Just brilliant, brilliant writer. It's the writer of Kaguya-sama. Like, what do you expect? It's brilliant. Yeah, so the manga was written by Aka Akasaka. Mm. For it currently has 11 volumes and counting. Anime was written, or words? was directed by Daisuke Hiromaki. It was done by studio Dogakobo. Mm. You can watch it on High Dive, and exclusively High Dive. Season 2 has already been confirmed, and it has been confirmed to be a High Dive exclusive. And it currently has 11 episodes. Technically 12, but episode 6.5 is a recap, and episode 1 is the length of a film. Yeah. Um, it scored a 4.52 out of 5 on Anime Planet, or a 9.04 out of 10. It scored a 8.992 out of 10 on my anime list, and I forgot to do an average, but it's an average of about 8.97. Use your fingers. Use your fingers. Count it out. (laughs) Screw you. Oh, that's another conversation that happened before we recorded the podcast. (laughs) I can't use one of my fingers anyway. It's bleeding. That's what you get for flapping your finger. (laughs) That's what I get for trying to do my job. (laughs) It's okay, though. I've had a... I've had a very similar experience, just not with a grinder. It was a meat-cutting saw. Mm. Yeah, that was a... um, that was one of the most horrifying experiences I've ever had. Having to stick your hand into any kind of kitchen machinery is fucking terrifying. And, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, as someone who has, you know, been a butcher or worked in a, you know, butchering type department, like we have nothing to do with the actual, you know, animals themselves. It's just, you know, whenever the meat comes to the store, we have to, you know, cut them and doing all that type of stuff to you know make the meat presentable yeah and so especially whenever customers want things you know cut to order Mm. especially whenever there's you know big meat sales so you gotta you know customer buys a whole loin because it's on sale and then you gotta cut it for them because they can't do it themselves because they are too lazy to do it and all that other shit so yeah You take it back into the area and, you know, you just start cutting away and, you know, you try to be mindful because it's, you know, it's very, very sharp rotating object, but occasionally you run into issues. Like there are, whenever you're working in a butcher shop and you're cutting meat, the big saw that cuts the meat, you have two different sets of saw blades. You have one that is designed for just meat. And then you have one that is designed for meat and bone. Mm. Bone is a very hard substrate. Mm -hmm. And so occasionally, whenever you're cutting it, the the saw blade likes to jump Mm -hmm. and like cause the meat to jump. Yeah. Well, 
immediately following that, it continues to cut again. So at one point, it jumped, and it caught my finger. Now, thankfully, I got it out of the way pretty much immediately and, you know, disinfected my hand and all that because it was raw pork. Yeah. So, thankfully, it wasn't chicken. Otherwise, I might have lost a hand. Who knows? But no, it was still pork. So, I'm like, oh, no, I got to... For one, we got to trash this entire loaf because it it has um, essence of Brad covering it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I probably would have taken the loin home because it's my blood. What's the worst that could happen? But the right? customer yeah. obviously doesn't want it. Self-contaminants. Yeah. If anything, I should get a discount. Let me take the loin home for free because yeah. I'll take an entire pork loin. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so that was um that was how I flapped my finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I freaking hate it. I hate cleaning the hoppers. I mean, the hoppers are they're very safe. Like they they have like plastic caps on them to keep the blades away and stuff. It still fucking terrifies me. I mean, it it makes sense. Anytime there is machinery, like it should be <clears throat> it should be treated with the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. Cuz obviously there's warning labels on it for a reason. And it's one of those things to where, you know, once you're in an industry for long enough, you kind of become desensitized to those warnings. Mm-hmm. And especially in the business that I'm in now, you know, where we throw paint in a shaker that rotates the single gallon cans really, 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 really quick. Yeah. So, you know, it clearly states, do not stick hand in here. Yeah. Do you think anybody actually listens to that? No, you you stick your hand on top of the gallon to get it to slow down and stop spinning so you can take the gallon out. Yeah. And all it does is save you like two seconds, but it's something that you do. And it again, it is very clearly wrong because <laughs> those safety, yeah. everything that has a warning label has, has that warning label because somebody was, they did not have the common sense to not stick their hand or something else where it doesn't belong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's me with bones at the cafe. Like, I'm just so, like, non-fussed about bones. But, like, bones don't always show up as bad as they are on the day that you do them. No, no. Typically, they show up worse later on down the road. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'll, like, pour, like, scalding water all down my arm or something. And I'm, like, it's fine. Don't document it, which is really bad. I know I should. But I'm, like, it'll be fine. And then, like, I get home, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then I have to take a picture of it and put it text my boss and be like, I burnt myself today. I mean, it was like the time that I got second-degree burns on my chin. I didn't realize it until the next day. Yeah. Which, on that note, do not eat pizza straight out of the oven. No, cheese is hot. And it doesn't... It doesn't stick well. No. And the thing, and tomato sauce that you put underneath it is sugar based. So if you get the tomato sauce stuck underneath the hot melted cheese, the hot melted cheese slides off, sticks to the hot sugar based tomato sauce that sticks on your face. Dude, no. Yeah, no, I I learned my lesson. Yeah. For a very short period of time, but I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's like me. I learned my lesson not to fill the teacups all the way to the top. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right, if I don't take my food and have to go, then, then something, there's something wrong with me. I saw a video of, like, someone talking about their ics, and they were like, 
Um, uh, if somebody does that more than three times, ick. <laughs> they blow on their food more than t- more than three times, ick. But wait, if they <laughs> blow on their food or if they, <laughs> I think I think it was I think there was both of them. First of all, if they blow on their food more than three times, ick. And then if they put their food in their mouth, they go, <laughs> ick. I mean, I don't. It's one of those things where I realize everybody has like a different temperature tolerance whenever it comes to things like, you know, most women prefer their showers to be hotter than the fucking sun because it reminds them of hell. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Whereas men like we're big babies, (laughs) like just barely above medium to where it's like not cold, just a little bit of warm. Like that's perfect. I tell you why. It's because society makes our skin thicker. Hey. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> but then I know, like most dudes, are like more than happy to where the second food comes out of the oven, i.e., me and other people, will yeah. just like grab and shove it in our mouth. <laughs> to where, like, I don't Men think I have show nerves. Their sensitivity in the shower. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> That was you gotta good. Give me that one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you props. Hang on, wait. I got this. I got just the button and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline of today's today's episode. <laughs> one of the taglines of today's episode. Too many is... dicks. We want our dick back. We want our dick back to fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Hey, hey, patriarchy! You um, hey, you um, you see this giant inflatable dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit I never thought I was going to go down. <laughs> Mask you some. Mask you some. <laughs> patriarchy loves a dildo. Gotta love that. <laughs> they probably do. It's why they walk around like they've got a stick shoved so far up their ass. It's because it's a giant dildo. <laughs> Because they're kinky sons of bitches. <laughs> oh. What, what were we giggle. talking about? Wait, what? What a giggle. I enjoy a good giggle, especially giggles over buckets. <laughs> uh, Oshinoko. Oshinoko. <laughs> oh. Take it away. Yeah, so background is about... Uh, yeah, it's just about, well, the first episode is mainly about, um, this, uh, uh, idol, I, who is at the height of her, well, is at the height of the entry to her career, I guess. Like, this is the first time that she's kind of established herself as, like, a proper idol in the world and is, and is on a really good trajectory to, to do big things. But, oh no, she is Pregunte. Um, Perginat. Perginat. <laughs> Pregananant. Can ooh get Prigante? <laughs> uh, such a good video. It's um, so, good. so she is Perginat with the twins, and um, the first episode is about her and them, and um just kind of establishing and set up and like brad said it is like feature film length if you want to know more about that first episode we did a whole episode on it when it first dropped 
a while ago. So go back in our episodes and listen to that before you listen to this one. Um, that way you won't get any spoilers for the rest of the season, but spoilers for that first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. From there, though, and the main part that we're going to be discussing today is Aqua and Ruby, the twins, now have grown up into high school level and are trying to navigate the world after having been basically isekai'd into their current baby forms because they were a doctor-patient duo from Ai's previous life when she was um, in that same hospital um, pregnant with the fetuses who were then embedded embedded with those souls later on. Anyway, like that's a whole thing. Um, so now these twins are grown up to the high school level and they're in an entertainment high school and are trying to navigate the world of Ruby wanting to become an idol and Aqua not really wanting to be famous of any sort at all, but he wants to be in the entertainment history history industry because he's trying to find out more information about I and about who their father is um and so he can only do that by um digging around in the entertainment industry so therefore he's trying to get into the entertainment industry to do that um then shenanigans come from that and there's also um hints of romance um coming of age situations it does have this underlying dark theme to it from the um, intensity of the first episode that does progress throughout um there are lots of trigger warnings specifically around self-harm um throughout the rest of this season and just um, big big mental health trigger warning yeah um and uh lots yeah it's and then it's just like them trying to navigate the entertainment industry how ruthless it is trying to make friends and also there is this level of like trying to hold on to their previous identity but also becoming very comfortable with who they are after having lived in these bodies for the past like 16 years right so yeah yeah. that's it for background spoiler chicken hats (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah big Trigger warnings for everything that happens with Akane. Huge, huge trigger warnings. Like, I was sitting at work watching that episode, and I I was fucking crying. Yeah. <laughs> because I... Uh, I... I've been down that road. Like, mm-hmm. I've been down that road multiple times. So I... That hit fucking hard just because that's yeah. real. That's yeah. something that is, oh, and I, I don't have enough words to describe like the way that this show takes such a real subjective look at the entertainment industry and all of the effects that it has on an individual. And again, like all this goes back to all the list of, you know, trigger warnings and stuff that come with that type of stuff. But I mean, stalking, harassment, and just overall, like just hardcore emotional abuse that people in the entertainment industry, like even people at our level have gotten. 
And it's only that much more, you know, personified whenever you get to the level of like what's shown in this show. Like it is baffling to see that. And it's, it's just such a different and real take on it. And just, Oh my goodness, poor Akane. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, like I witnessed that on a smaller scale actually when I was in my my teens Mm -hmm. because I was in the modeling industry right from 16 through 20 and um I was never big on social media because that wasn't what I wanted and I actually didn't want to be a model in general (laughs) um but there was quite a few girls who had like big social media platforms and they use that to enhance themselves in their modeling career um i did more behind the scenes stuff and a lot of networking to get to where they were at they were able to do it just because they were able to get in the door because they were like i have a hundred thousand followers on instagram or whatever you know yeah um and these girls were like 16 17 and they were doing like la fashion week and stuff and like it's legit like how like you would get the directors of like a fashion show or whatever would just come up to them, get them to unlock their phones, take their phones from them and post to their social media advertising their um, show. Like they would just take their phone from them. And like, I remember like having to step in and be like, Oh, actually our agency does that, which is a complete lie. Like you have to contact our agency to get a hold of their social media profile. Like, because they would, they would just like, force you into a position where they would just take your identity and shape it to the way that they wanted it um, to profit them. And like these 16, 17 year olds didn't have the backbone because they were so young. And these people were, there was a huge power dynamic there. Like they were the contractor, um, contractor to them. They wanted to work in the modeling industry. They wanted to be in the fashion show. This was the director of the fashion show. They were also, there's an age difference and usually a gender difference because the the directors were usually male um, who would come in and take the phones and just like, like I I remember seeing that, like like they'd just take the phone, open their Instagram, post the fashion show links and whatever they wanted on their Instagram and then just give them back their phone and be like, you have to keep that up while you're doing the show for the next 72 hours or whatever. And it's like, that's not contracted. That's not legal. Like that's not part of any of this. You just bullied your way across to them and put yourself like changed their public like you just you just exposed their location like you just doxed them oh yeah like because of your own whatever because you wanted to advertise people to come to the show without without offering any kind of security to these young teens who have hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram that now their entire instagram hand like like base fan base know that they're going to be in this fashion show and they've got to get to and from in what like an uber like what are you doing yeah and it's the show like brings light to all of that yeah and it even talks about how directors will and just that industry in general will exploit the ignorance of Mm -hmm. younger individuals just because they can yeah and that's kind of what pushed akane into that point of of what you were describing and what you've experienced of feeling so 
isolated and and used and just gross and and feeling so bad about herself and it's like she didn't put herself in that situation the adults in her life put her in that situation and they're benefiting from it and she is the one that's left feeling so gross about herself mm-hmm. and it's you know it's one thing to where like I can sit here and confidently say as someone that has been, you know, down that road, down that path and still has, you know, moments of weakness that still pertains to that particular subject. Like I can sit here and comfortably say like nobody should ever be put in that position. Yeah. No one should have to feel alone or degraded or anything like that to that point of like I'm much better gone than being here yeah and it's it's just one of those things to where like if you not to sit here and you know get like as real and deep on this as you know we are but it's kind of one of those things where whenever you talk about a show like this it's kind of necessary especially you know having the history that i have like there are resources there to help like there are hotlines you can call Like, I will be more than happy to, you know, hunt down, you know, all the hotlines and prevention hotlines I can find to put in the description of this episode, just because I feel like it needs to be there Yeah. for anybody that, you know, has been down a similar path that, you know, Akane was, you know, shown in the show and that I've been down. Like, I can sit here and comfortably say, if you're dealing with this, you matter like regardless of whether or not you see that self-worth in yourself, you matter. You are loved. There are people there that can help you. Like don't ever feel like you're in this alone because there's somebody there that can help you. Like I can 100% sit and reflect on my decisions that I've been down. And I can 100% say that I regret having made the decisions that I've made in the past. And regardless of whether or not, like, I get back to those points at any particular point in time, like, I realize, like, what I was going through and what that would have done to those around me. And I, I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful that I have the things around me. And there are people that can help with whatever you're feeling. I am now rambling at this point because I was not prepared to go into this conversation. Mm. <laughs> But just just know there are people there that can help because it's, again, nobody should ever be pushed to that point, regardless of what business you're in, industry, like nobody should ever have to feel like that is an okay option to get out of anything. Basically, moral of the story from, you know, that we have had across this podcast, across many, many episodes don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I think you're, a big thing I want to stress is you're not as alone as you think you are. Um, I think we all get a little bit stuck in our heads and we think, you know, and also like, you're not going to piss off your friends by reaching out and asking for help. They're not going to get mad at you. They're not going to be upset with you. They're not going to be disappointed in you or, or like, 
too busy for you or if they are they're not good friends and you shouldn't be around them like people that care about you want to help you because they care about you same way that you want to help your friends so and chosen family is just as important as as blood family exactly and if not even more so in some areas yeah like i I, i realize the whole saying of you know blood is thicker than water but that's only part of that whole saying the actual saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb yeah because the bonds that we create with people especially if they are like true bonds with someone like those like your chosen family can mean just as much if not more than you know your actual family depending upon the relationship that you have with people yeah and i know for myself I'm a lot closer to the friends that I've made than a lot of my family. So I can speak from that personally. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever, you know, if you ever need somebody, there's somebody there for you. We promise. Yep. And also hotlines in your area. Just Google them. Yeah. You can Google them. Well, I mean, I say it's easy to do. Sometimes not easy to actually do it, but please try. Yeah. Like if you're ever to that point, like reach out to somebody, please. (laughs) And that's our tangent on that. Yeah. Um, so. Outside of that, the show's amazing. Arima. Um, Arima Kana Arima is. Um, she's kind of the main supporting character of the show. Yeah, yeah. pretty much for the like vast majority of the show. Like once she's reintroduced, like she. She. And the president's wife, who becomes, like, uh, Aqua and Ruby's adoptive mother. Like, those mm. are the main two supporting casts in the show. Yeah. Um, and Arima is kind of the loving trust for Aqua. And this is where lines blur and my brain doesn't quite know how to process this. Because Aqua is, like, 40 years old mentally but it is literally said within the show that the longer he stays in aqua's body the more he becomes aqua like he becomes a 16 year old his hormones go the same way his life experience is still bigger but like his his maturity like levels out to a 16 year old like his so like it's one of those things of like there is a romance kind of thing brewing there but i don't know how to feel about it (laughs) Yeah, I I I get that. Yeah, because like I I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my god, just get together already! Like you guys are cute together, and I'm so frustrated that you're not together. And then in the back, like a tiny little bit in the back of my head, I'm like, this is his second life. He's actually a forty year old doctor. Like, so you know what I mean? And my brain yep. goes, ah, but like, but I get that they they did go to explain it to be like the more he's in Aqua's body, the more he just becomes Aqua. You know? And I. Like, from an actual character writing perspective, too, like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because at one point or another, like, as our, and it even kind of explains it off a little bit in the first episode as well, just because, like, even though, like, he has an adult's mind, like, he's still a child. And, like, that. In emotions and temperament and maturity, yeah. Yeah, so it, like just because of a lot of those chemical imbalances and everything that can alter the brain, like the overall, like physical, like functions and everything. Yeah. So it's, 
it becomes oh. more like he has the memories of an adult, but still, it's like, yeah, I feel like it's like the equivalent of him gaining somebody else's memories as opposed yeah. to actually being somebody else in a different person's body. If that and, makes sense. Yeah. I almost feel like, too, if... Because I don't have confirmation on this because I did not do any amount of research. Mm. But if Goru's voice actor is the same as Aqua's, because they don't sound the same. Uh, no, they're different. So if they had kept Goru's voice actor for Aqua, then I probably would have definitely been leaning a lot more with you on that fact. Yeah. Because it would have felt a lot creepier if that were the Agreed. case. Yeah, that was the a fact smart that they, for them yeah. being different. Since they changed voice actors, I guess that thought never even really crept into my mind. Yeah. Because also, at the end of the day, too, like, at least up to this point in the show, Aqua has no, like, love interest for yeah. Kana at all. Yeah. Because all he wants to do is use everybody in his way so he can find his father and then kill him. Yeah. And... That that's why I feel like I don't know how I feel about this because it does like everything with Aqua as a character's behavior feels like that of a sixteen year old. Like it doesn't he doesn't feel like a forty five year old in a sixteen year old's body doing things. Like he's being a little dumb and a little mischievous and a little selfish and like impulsive and all the kinds of things you expect from a sixteen year old character. He's just doing it with the same kind of level of vendetta that you get with protagonist anime characters with dead parents, you know? Like, it's... There's... Like, he doesn't feel old. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like it's easier to forget his origin. But I'm so cursed... <laughs> by anime and by media in general of like he was a 75 year old man in a hot 22 year old's body she was freshly 16 you know that it's like like i'm so like i mean literally twilight like i'm used to that like yeah like it's a it's a very strange level of yeah i i can't think of the right word for it okay. yeah this is where my brain's so at today yeah, and, like, I just don't know how I feel about it at the end of the day. Like, I, it's fun in a fantasy, and it's escapism and comedy and whatever. But, like, this is a show that's trying to approach serious subjects, but they're trying to approach, approach serious subjects with a questionable subject intertwined in it. And I don't know if that necessarily benefits the show, but the writing of the show is generally very good. So, like, you know how, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, is it a thing of, like, you're trying to approach serious subjects where children are being preyed upon, but you have a questionable thing about the fact that there's, like, an older dude and a teenager in a romance, but also they're not really because he doesn't have any feelings for her, but she's crushing on him, so that makes it one way, which is kind of okay, but we see where it's going. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's more than I, I want to think about when I'm watching a show like this. Oh, 100%. Like, I 100% understand where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, and I just don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. Oh, no, I I 100% get it. Yeah. Also, part of me, and this is going to sound really, really, like, 
I may end up cutting this whole bit out mm-hmm. just because I don't want to sound yeah. like I'm coming across incorrectly on this. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it's a cultural difference as well. In that, uh-huh. like, for us, we see, or like, the age of consent in our countries is 18. Yeah. Whereas in Japan, it's 16. So by all rights of, you know, for the intents and purposes of this story, like, it's okay. Yeah. For us, it's not because of the cultural difference. And I mean, even for me personally, like, a 35-year-old and an 18-year-old, I look at that and I'm like, Th- that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's two consenting adults, but I'm still like, mm, that's a little sketchy. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just the cultural difference being used in the medium. So therefore to, you know, Americans or Europeans or however you want to look at it that have different age of consent laws. I wonder if that's kind of where that level of disconnect comes from. Again, and I'm not trying to sit here and play devil's advocate by any means. Yeah. It's just, again, it it seems to. Yes. And that's a common theme in anime, too. And. This isn't the first time we've had that conversation yeah. or this conversation rather. It's just kind of one of those things to where, like, I wonder if that's where the disconnect lies for us. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably another reason why I get like, so like, I don't have solid feelings on this and it's why I would be interested to hear other arguments on it because I haven't made up my mind about how I feel. And so I I probably will leave this bit in because I feel like that didn't come across as antagonistic as I thought it might. No. Because, no. again, like, I don't want to sit here and play devil's advocate whenever it comes to these kinds of topics because it's not, like, devil's advocate does not need to be played with this type of topic. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. it's just, I wonder if it simply just comes down to cultural differences and, like, your own personal beliefs on the subject. Yeah. Because we have very... You and I have very similar thoughts on the subject. Yeah. But considering this was not made with Americans in mind, this was made with a Japanese audience in mind in like the young adult realm of things. Because this, like, this is not a show that is meant for teenagers. Like, teenagers, especially if they're, you know, considering a trip into the entertainment industry, like, this is a very good piece of media to get an idea of what's going on into it. But this isn't made for that type of audience. No. Yeah, I mean, both you and I are also pretty opinionated on things like this. Like, we're we're not quiet people when it comes to subjects that we we have thoughts on. Yeah. It's literally why we made a podcast of it, because we think we're, <laughs> we're listenable enough for you, for you guys to pay attention to what we have to say. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, there's so many thoughts and feelings around it. And I like, part of me just does understand that it takes time for media to like catch up to where society is in understanding. Mm -hmm. And obviously different countries travel at different paces as well. Um, and I don't know if I'm just like being on a soapbox and like being too much, you know? And like also for thousands of years, stories have happened where there have been large age gaps or she was a virginal woman with complete intense purity and he was a fairy prince. You know, like, that's, like, pretty much every single Celtic legend ever, you know? Yeah. Like, so, like, it's 
and part of it it's just a story is it that big of a deal but also like when i'm watching it i think that's the thing is like coming at it from an entertainment perspective whenever i'm watching the show i'm enjoying myself and then every time um kana and aqua kind of have a scene where it's like she's projecting romantic feelings on him or he's having a moment where he's like slowly coming into his emotions because he's very emotionally distant or something this little voice just pops up in the back of my head and it just goes he's 50 you know (laughs) and that brings me out of the story which is a negative for the entertainment factor of the show which is disappointing because in general the show is incredibly entertaining right i think that's probably the best way for me to put it is like yeah yeah, it knocks off a level of being of emotion within the show Mm. because i just go he's 50 (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just again like i 100 understand where you're coming from and so it is like it's a very strange thing to look at especially considering like going into this like we both know yeah like whenever we sat down to you know start watching this on a week-to-week basis together before we sat down to watch this like we knew we were going to be covering it as well Yeah. so therefore we're taking mental notes as we go along yeah so i feel like that type of stuff is a lot more prevalent to us now yeah because if we had watched something like this yeah if we had watched something like this three years ago before we actually started bnb anime it It would be yeah it would have been nowhere the thought still probably would have creeped in our head, but we wouldn't be nearly as analytical about it as we sure. are now to where now it's like, okay, that's weird. We need to talk about it rather than it just being a, you know, just a little teeny tiny voice in the back of our head. Like, Hmm, that's, you that's know, is, yeah. And, you know, I think it's just part of our analytical brains too, that, you know, has a tendency to draw a line between the entertainment and the real life ramifications of this, but it's kind of, it goes back to the conversation we had about Kaguya-sama on the last episode of the film or the, mm. I guess, four episode, like part of a season where Aka Akasaka is very, it seems to be like leaning more towards like a slightly more progressive side of things. Yeah. Like, even, like, because we both noticed the, like, you know, the rainbow love whenever they went to America at the end of that episode. Yeah. So, it's, like, slowly progressing or, like, you know, showing a more progressive side of things in anime. Mm -hmm. So, I wonder if ever, like, that side of, you know, I guess culture will come to Japan Yeah, well, I mean, the more that anime becomes mainstream here in North America and in Europe and Australia and places, the more that they are going to target different animes to a broader audience of an international basis, right? Because, like, all throughout our early anime experience, anime's sole target audience was Japan. They didn't give a shit about international viewers because we were such a small fan base in comparison we made them so little money because like even with merchandise and stuff we would we wouldn't necessarily buy merchandise that was being funded by the anime studios because we would want 
an English version or a fan-made version or something, or we would literally make our own because it wasn't possible for us to either get our hands on it, import fees were too high, whatever. We didn't want it in, um, we wanted it in English or whatever, you know? Like, we, yeah, okay, there were a select group of people that would spend hundreds of dollars on figurines and get them shipped, especially from Japan and stuff, but, like, that's not the average anime viewer internationally was able to afford that. And, or if you were able to afford it, you would get like maybe one or two or, you know, a year because they're expensive, especially back then. Like you were spending hundreds of dollars to buy them and get them shipped. And so they weren't making much profit from us at all. Like we were watching Naruto in 24 parts per episode on YouTube, three minutes per episode or whatever, like three minutes per like section. Like, in 400 like like pixels like we were doing the most to be able to watch any kind of anime that we could now however it's a totally different story international anime audiences have skyrocketed um they're able to advertise anime internationally so well animes are going on cinema tours they're like having actual proper release dates internationally they're having like dub release dates they're having um like merch drops and pop-up shops here in toronto and stuff in the city and around in other big places like it's way more of a thing internationally and therefore it makes it more it like there's more of a reason for anime studios to find things that are more generally palatable for the wider anime viewing audience meaning that things that are seen as societally incorrect outside of Japan or like at least questionable outside of Japan that aren't necessarily questionable or are less questionable in Japan are going to become less appealing for them to put in the anime because they're going to want to expose it to an international audience and especially with somebody's yelling are they yelling or are they fucking because we've heard the stories about your neighbors I think it's the latter. <laughs> I'm going to put my headphones back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I was I was a little too blunt with that. I'm sorry. You you were joking, but I'm not. It's, <laughs> it's 5 p.m. Come on. Um, I mean, okay. Would, would you rather them be... <laughs> Would you rather than be shouting during the daytime or while you're trying to sleep? Let's sit here and be real for a minute. I mean, fair. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, I heard that and I was like, that sounds sus. Took off my headphone. You said it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also like how that's just immediately where I go now just because of our prior conversation. <laughs> I mean, um, God, Bree's gonna listen to this episode and be like, Carter, you did not. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I no, really well, did show that, that out. My neighbors aren't already doing, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's payback for the for my dump joke earlier. <laughs> Honestly, I've corrupted you, I feel like. You were way more Christian before you met me. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like it's, uh, it's one of those things to where I feel like I, I don't think it's necessarily that it's just, I'm 
you are the one individual that I am like truly myself with. Aww. Like I I don't feel like I have to put on a mask <laughs> whenever Aww. I talk to you. Like I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want, like just be me. Aww. Like I don't have to like put that on. Like even with Walker and Bree, like I'm like I still wear a mask with them to some degree, just because I mean they are <laughs> They are much more of like the better goody goody two shoes Christians than I am. I'll change that. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's just one of those things to where like with you, like I can just be me. Like I don't have to sit here. You can joke about that. That's why I have a whole soundboard just for that. (laughs) (laughs) Just again, this is my favorite thing on my soundboard. We've already been talking about dicks. Actually, second. Actually. <laughs> a whole lot of dicks and then now fucking <laughs> <laughs> you gotta clip your own sound there <laughs> that for you <laughs> this is just this is gonna be straight up are they yelling or are they fucking <laughs> which i feel like is gonna get used <laughs> probably probably <laughs> um, but yeah so point being i think that um the more uh, anime is exposed to an international audience the more that they're going to have to find palatable stuff which also makes it me makes me a little concerned about how watered down anime may become because i still want my dumb keijo animes like i can be on my soapbox all day every day but sometimes tiggle bitties and jiggle physics are just fun I don't think that's ever going to change. I better not. Because let's sit here and be real. Like, regardless yeah. of how you sit down and look at that type of stuff, that's always going to be around. Yeah. Just make them, like, of age, please. That's great. Yes. Like, that. that is the one thing. Like, make them 18. Like, we get it, Japan. Your age of consent is 16. But for us, that's not okay. Yeah. We, we see that. And we're like, ooh, I should probably look away. But make yeah. them of age. And it's like, all right tits <laughs> yeah just put it why do they have to be in high school make them in college like it's fine everybody goes to college it's fun put them in college well everybody goes to college no they don't <laughs> it took me so long to get here but like <laughs> high school drop out right here everybody goes to college Dude, <laughs> like no i don't even have my GED. <laughs> I, I think but, you skipped a step mate i, I did because <laughs> i'm in art school who needs, who needs science when you're in art school People you know what that makes sense how to do, like science stuff also do you uh so do you want me to spoil a surprise or shall i uh shall i keep it in my back pocket for um your oh, no. time spent on the shelf oh um i don't know i i bought a game and um during our, you know, Discord chats while you're on the shelf, I uh, I might subject you to it just for giggles. Okay. Do you want to know or shall I keep it a secret and then you're going to see it and then you're going to hate your life? Keep it a secret. I want to hate my life. Okay, perfect. More than I already do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Same. I mean, what? I mean, huh? <laughs> what? No. Um, okay. Yeah, then we have Mem. Let's move on. New character, Mem. It, 
If there is one character that we relate to the most. It's Mem. Too old to do anything. Oh, uh, that whole bit about her lying about her age. Yep. That was great. That was so, enjoyable. Yep. And uh, being an internet weirdo. Uh, who would do such a thing? Who would do such a thing? Who lives on the internet? I feel like that's become my go-to bit anytime there's even remotely anything pertaining to us. Like, who would do such a thing? Like, with the whole Chihayafaru bit? Like, who yeah. the fuck would watch an anime about cards? Who, who, who would give a shit? No one would give a shit about an anime about cards. They especially wouldn't build an entire friendship around an anime about cards. They especially no. wouldn't then start a podcast about an anime about cards that they then don't actually <laughs> ever feature on the podcast, even though they built their entire friendship and podcast around an anime about cards. <laughs> Because literally, hey, you should watch this. Okay, I'll watch this. Then I'll watch it. It's like, okay, we should talk about this. Okay, we've talked about it. We should start a podcast talking about anime. Yeah. Want to be besties? (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Did we just become besties? Don't you put your balls on my drum set. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had balls to put on your drum set. (laughs) I want to learn how to play the drums. Do you even have a drum set? No. The church has a drum set. No. Wow, that's a cool church. The only church I've ever known had like an organ. No, we've got like a about set of mechanical keyboard. (laughs) You got a Yamaha in the back. (laughs) They're just sitting up there (laughs) during worship. All you hear is. just a typewriter <laughs> what do you play i play the tambourine what do you play the typewriter <laughs> ding <laughs> hey those dings are on beat <laughs> uh, we're not even talking about the show anymore we're so done today we haven't done anything it's been an hour and a half and we spoke about Oshinoko for five minutes we, we've given a character breakdown on a few of the characters and that's it we haven't even gotten to the meat and potatoes of the show and why it's so good Ugh. god the show's good so good please go watch it it's it's worth the high dive subscription Ugh. um yeah, it goes into details more about the entertainment industry and why it's shitty. It also goes into, like, building a idol group and why that's shitty. It also goes into being a child actor and why that's shitty. It also goes into... Uh, the, I the, Still, the two of them don't know that each other knew each other in their previous life. They also haven't told anybody that I is their parent. Um, Ruby also then gets her spotlight moment towards the very end. Aqua is... Um, so slowly and but also quite rapidly becoming a very successful actor. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I love how Aqua's like, I don't want to be an actor, and then he fucking kills everything that he's in. Yep. Just yeah, by being he's himself. Got a, he's got a producer that's like solidly backing him and and moving things around behind the scenes to make him a really good actor that he doesn't even realize is happening. Bruh, I cannot wait for season two. Like, I have to see the stage play arc. Yeah. Yeah, which is gonna... um, So we've got Kana and Akane 
are both going to be um, in a stage play with Aqua. They are also love rivals, but Aqua doesn't really know that. Um, and But they're also professional um, rivals because they were both child actors. Kata was a really successful child actor. Akane wasn't. Akane is now a really successful actor, but Kana isn't and has fallen off. And so now the two of them have this rivalry that they're going to go up against with Aqua in this big stage play. But at the same time, Kana is also in a idol group with Ruby and Mem, and they just had their first performance that didn't go so well until it went really well. And now there's a fan that is like, huh, like Ruby looks like I, like that's really cool. And like, they're slowly building their platform. So shit's happening. Aqua also has now got a connection into the theater in which I was when she was suspected to have found the person who she fell in love with. So we're learning more, slowly developing more, getting further, but also a lot of this season, towards the end of this season, was just building around Ruby being an idol. I mean, essentially, yeah, it was Aqua making connections and Ruby becoming an idol. Yeah. And even though the show is like very centered around Aqua, like Aqua is very clearly the main character. Yeah. Like Ruby's not a slouch whenever it comes to screen time. Yeah. They they really are like they they're fully heavily playing on the twin thing. Like they're they're pretty equal. It's just that Aqua is like has so much more depth to what he's trying to do. Ruby is just more of a surface level character. And that's not a bad thing because she is the relief in the show like she is the innocence that aqua is trying to protect that i tried to protect and she is the continuation of i and almost a fire behind aqua to continue going like he is keeping things he's keeping doing his research he's looking more into what happened to i he's trying to find their dad and that flame is being kept alive because of Ruby, because R- Ruby is reminding a- uh, Aqua of I, and because he also cares about Ruby deeply um, and wants her to succeed and wants her to fulfill the dream that I had for hi- her of being um, an idol. But at the same time, he is also stumbling into fulfilling the dream that I had for him of being a successful actor because he's acting to fulfill his sleuthing to find out more what happened to her but he's also just being very good at it and becoming very successful and um it's a very interesting trio of like tumbling through this scenario yes yeah i am excited for the second season the first episode was really 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 solid and the rest of the season had a lot to hold up against to try and continue on like holding a pillow to to what the first episode was and i think for the most part they did a pretty darn good job um some episodes nothing much happened and like i remember we were watching an episode together and we finished the episode and i just said nothing fucking happened that whole episode (laughs) i think it was episode 10 i think Um, was either episode 9 or 10 yeah which is a little frustrating because I want more content, but I also do understand how there there just did need to be more setup for the second season. And I think by that point, it had already been approved that the second season was happening. Like the second season has already been approved because of the success of this first season. And I think it was probably been approved since a fair few weeks ago. So I think they were specifically creating the anime in a way to where they were building up for what is to come. 
100%. And also, I feel like it was just another one of those things, too, that we're like, okay, Aka Aka Saka, we've got a solid writer, so therefore we have plenty to go off of. Mm. So it's just going to be a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Just for things to come. And I, I'll i be able to speak more on this as I get deeper into the manga, because mm-hmm. I'm not past episode three in the manga as of yet. But I'll get there. By the time we sit down and record an episode fresh that's not going to be backlogged, yeah. I'll be caught up on the manga. Yeah. I will be able to give all of my thoughts in a non-spoiler way on how I think they were setting things up. Because mm-hmm. there are like a little bit more tidbits here and there throughout the manga up to this point where it seems like there's a lot more like subtle setup than anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, the show was a blast. Yeah, it's really fun. And I'm um, definitely wanting more from it. Um, we just got to wait now. Yeah. Also, OP and ED, both fucking bangers. Yeah. So our OP is Idol by Oasobi. And um, the ED is Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> by Zio Vachi or Zio. Queen B. Yeah. So good. This I can't say that. Um yeah. Uh so what do you give it? I'm the death grip that it has on me says 10. But I'm a go with a 9.5. Cuz your analytical brain kicked in. Yeah, analytical brain was like, mm, this weird tension between Aqua and uh, Kana, very strange, so I'm going to knock off half a point, but realistically, the show's amazing. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, there's a difference between, like, I just really enjoyed it compared to how do I morally feel about it. <laughs> yeah, like, and... For entertainment the- factor, it's definitely really, really up there. Yeah, like, as far as entertainment factor goes, I would change nothing about this show. Like, yeah. it hits all of the notes that I could ever want a show to hit, like, on an emotional level. Like, I've cried multiple times throughout this, and we all know I am a bubble-blowing baby bitch whenever it comes to animes and making me cry and how I feel about it as far as ratings go after the fact. Yeah, I am going to give it an 8. Reason being... um. Yes, it made me want made me watch it week to week, which I very much appreciate. Sometimes I was infuriated at the fact that they didn't give me more throughout the episodes. And although I logically understand why they had to do that for setup for the second season, it still makes me pissed off. So I'm petty and they're deducting a point for it. <laughs> Second of all, um the emotion for me did break a little bit whenever I think about the the weird age thing. Um and uh also, um, I want more depth to Ruby. And I think that's going to come later. And I'm excited for when it does happen later because we do have a lot of trauma for her, like with the hospital trauma of her in her previous life. And I think that that could make a resurgence or like we could see more to her. But right now, like Serena, her, her previous life has a lot of depth. Ruby is still pretty shallow because she hasn't tapped into that depth yet. Um, and because she is such an important character to Aqua, I want more from her. 
And I think that's something that I'm just going to have to wait to get. And I'm excited for when I do get it. But it's something that I, I was looking for in this season and didn't quite get. So I'm, it's like more of a, like, I'm knocking off a little bit because I'm impatient and I want it now. Yeah, it's okay, though. Yeah. You'll get there, maybe. Yeah. So I'm excited for the second season. Yes. I hope it's the beginning of next year. I, if I had to take a guess, considering it's been announced, I will say we'll probably get it. Um, spring or summer of yeah, next year. I hope it's spring. Depending on how long it's been in production, I'd say we can probably figure on potentially spring. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. We'll see. Just depends on how busy Dogo Kobo gets. But all right, with that, shall we wrap the bitch up? Let's wrap this bitch up. All right. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. I Do we have next week's episode figured out? What are we doing? Next week's episode is going to be probably one of our pre-recorded episodes because um, I am having surgery. Oh, wait, we, we have something scheduled for next week. Do we? Yeah, that's the last episode we have scheduled, I think. Let me just double check. Because yeah. we're doing two recordings. Or, well, now three yes. recordings next week. Sorry, I'm next week is my last week at work, so yes. And then the following week, I'm having surgery. Yeah, so next week, Konosuba, the Megumin spinoff. Yeah. Because we couldn't get away from talking about Konosuba and then not talking about Konosuba. We gotta talk about Konosuba. Yeah, and then after that, we've got pre-recorded stuff to go. And so on that, I think we've got, oh God, what do we have? We have things. Yeah, we have things. So it'll come out in some order. We've got Makoto Shinkai planned. We've got a special thing planned for our new spinoff thing. Although I'm kind of tempted to push that off considering now, thanks to recording troubles, I don't know when I'm actually going to drop the episode, but it's fine. Everything's okay. We'll figure it out. We have plans. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. So Megamine spinoff next week. And outside of that, we'll catch you all next time. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.